years ago when my wife and I were just starting out our family was was brand new we were just beginning and we were tossing around baby names we've always thought naming a child is, is so important we didn't just pick names because we thought they sounded nice and trendy cool and, and all that we wanted names that were rooted in significance that names that mattered uh, names with a legacy we wanted to know the roots of the of the name we wanted to know what the name meant. And and, and really, we, we even looked up like different celebrities associated with these names because you know you don't wanna name a kid after certain ones. And so we, we even prayed over names because we've always believed that, that names matter. Think about in the Bible, uh, names matter. We always find out the significance of names. And then when God comes in and renames someone, he always does it with like incredible purpose. And, and so, yeah, we, we've always thought that, that naming a kid, it matters. And, 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 and the roots of that name matters. The legacy of that name matters. Often, your name is a stranger's first impression of you. But you, your name carries a lot of weight. It, it matters. And this has always been true because in ancient Israel, your name was your identity. Our roots should matter so much more than anything else because our roots are actually who we truly are. In the year 1910, over a hundred years ago, President Theodore Roosevelt tells a story about when he was a, a, a rancher. He was a cowboy uh, sometime before he was president. And, and he tells this story that that's, that's just fascinating um, because back then uh, th there weren't really a lot of fences out in the Dakotas. And this is where he ranched and this is where his people were. Um, and so he, he tells the story about how one day he's, he's, he's walking out on another rancher's land and he has this hired hand, this hired cowboy with him when they come across an unbranded calf. And now back then with, with no fences, how did you find out whose cow, whose bison was whose, whose calf was whose? It was the branding, you know, the thing that, that you put in the fire and you singed it onto their skin, you scar the skin, you brand it. That's how you found out whose animal was whose, whose property was whose. And so this one night they come across an unbranded calf. And Theodore Roosevelt uh, says that, that that night, he, he, he rubs the calf to return it to the owner. And that night that uh, they're, they're sitting around the fire and this young cowboy gets out the brand and, and, Theo, and Theodore Roosevelt thinks to himself, like, how does he know whose calf this is? There's, there's no way for him to know him. And then he notices that this young cowboy has his brand, Theodore Roosevelt, his brand. And so TR hops up and, and he says, hey, well, what do you think you're doing? That's, that's my brand, that's not my property. And the young cowboy says, well, you know, I, I'm always doing the boss's work. This is just for the boss. You're the boss the, uh, today. And uh, Theodore Roosevelt says, well, if that's the case, then I don't need you anymore. Go back to the ranch and get what is owed to you because I want nothing to do with you. Cowboy hops up and says, why not? Like, well, what's the big deal? I'm, I'm just putting on your brand. And in this moment, Theodore Roosevelt says something profound. He says, my friend, if you will steal for me, you will also steal from me. 
So President Roosevelt is obviously someone of great integrity and an incredible virtue. So it is unsurprising that, that we find out that he is a man deeply rooted in the Christian faith. And so my question to you is, what are you rooted in? Whenever you find yourself in a compromising situation, um, even for your own benefit, who are you? What are you rooted in? Uh, Jesus, perhaps the greatest storyteller of all time, has this parable in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13. It's known as the parable of the sower. And he talks about these different seeds that fall along the path. Uh, some seeds fall along the path. Some seeds fall among rocks, and some, uh, some of these seeds fall among thorns. And, and, and the point of the story is that like your root matters. Who you are matters, and you need to be rooted because sometimes we don't know how much our roots matter until we're in a compromising situation and who we are surfaces. And so, yeah, maybe you could, you could take that money and, and no one would notice. Or, or you, know, you can look at that stuff on your phone and clear your browsing history, no problem. Um, but who are you? Who, who, who are you? What are your roots placed in? We named our children with great purpose. And, 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 and with incredible intention because your name is your legacy. It is, is who you're rooted in. And, 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 and that is worth investing. We remind our children all the time who they were named after or what their name means because we believe names matter. I mean, think about, think about trees for just a moment. Think about the roots of a tree for a moment. We're, we're impressed when we see them all around us and they're so high and, and we see the seasons and we see them changing and all these things happen, but none of that is possible with fragile roots. No, trees have strong roots and, and they are rooted in this. And, and, th and that's the thing, no matter what season comes, no matter what happens, a tree will always be standing because the roots allow it to, because trees are so much more than what's on the surface. Is there more to you than, than what you post online? It, are, are you just a surfacey, shallow person? Like, like what, what are you rooted in? Because roots matter, your, your name matters, your identity matters. And that usually shows up in compromising situations. Your name, your root, your legacy matters to God so much more than what you think you could do with your life. A tree isn't strong because what we see on the surface. A tree is strong because of its roots, because it's rooted in something that matters. And followers of Jesus know this to be true. It is your, your heart, your soul, the fiber of your being matters more to God than what you do with your life. Because God sees the heart, he sees what you're rooted in, and that's what matters most. Because God builds deep before he builds Hi. Theodore Rex, let's go. Hey Metro, how we doing? Hey, listen, so, so I know we were talking about like the meaning of names and, and some of you may be curious as to your own name if you have never looked it up before. Uh, but listen, you, you are probably curious as to what my name means. I'm sure you're, you're wondering about that. And so to save you some time, uh, Kevin, 
literally means, I'm not joking, Kevin literally means handsome. And I mean, you know, it's not necessarily wrong. Uh, but my wife, my wife's name is Kelsey. And, and God bless this woman. Her name literally means a harbor for ships. Ah, you win some, you lose some. I don't know. Hey, listen, I am Pastor Kevin. I am the campus pastor at Taylor, and I am so glad you are with us today. Uh, and, and I want to wrap our minds around this idea that God builds deep before he builds high. And to really jump into this, uh, we're going to get into our text today. It comes from Jeremiah 17. And, and actually, this, this scripture in particular jumped out to me over the summer while our church was going through the Jeremiah series. And, and Pastor Jay was, was teaching uh, around this area. And, 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 and these verses in particular just really struck me. And, and I've never forgotten them. And I thought, there's a sermon here. And, and here we are. So, so I'm really excited. Uh, Jeremiah 17, verses 5, 6, 7, and eight. The scripture says, cursed is the man. I know you were expecting like an encouraging sermon or something. I don't know why you would think that. But cursed, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Verse seven, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green. And it is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. Let's pray really quickly and then we are going to jump into this. Lord, we, we come before you today and, and we are just expectant to hear from you. Uh, our hearts are open. So Lord, speak to us. Meet us here in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, hey, so, so listen, a friend of mine and I recently met and we were talking and, and he said he just feels very distracted, very pulled in all of these different directions. And, and so he, he said he's just, he's just wrestling with God and he's questioning a lot of things and he's doubting a lot of things and he's, and he's just being pulled in all these different directions and he's so unsure and he's struggling with his faith. So I just said, man, what do you do first thing in the morning? Like, how do you start your day? And he said, he said, like probably most of us would say, well, I get my phone. Well, I get my phone, you know, so, so I get my phone. And he says, so, so I scroll Instagram first. And then, and then after I'm done scrolling on Instagram, I check Facebook. And, and so after Facebook, then I have to see what's happening on Twitter because I missed a lot of things that happened during the night. I have to see what I missed out on. So, so I check Twitter. And so it doesn't sound like a big deal. Again, I think we all do this in some form or fashion. It's a part of our morning routine. And so I'm not gonna just bash social media, but I do want to tell you what I told uh, him. And so I told him, I, I said, so you start your day just scrolling on Instagram. You, you just start your day and, and you see how everyone else had such a killer Tuesday night and yet you spent your night staying up late just re-watching The Office again. And then, and then you leave Instagram and you go over to Facebook and some of the sweetest and some of the kindest and most wholesome people that you know in real life are terrible 
people to be friends with on Facebook. Am I right? Because, because so-and-so politician said this, because this or that celebrity did that. And millennials, millennials, they are the worst. And we all want to complain and post about it. And, and that's, that's what Facebook is really used for, to just discourage people time and time again. So we go from Instagram, we go to Facebook, and then we have to see what's happening on Twitter. And for those who don't know, maybe you're not on Twitter, Twitter is the ultimate breeding ground for complaining about everything. The world is on fire. Nothing good is, is, is happening. That's what Twitter is basically used for. And so your life doesn't compare on Instagram. Your friends are terrible on Facebook and the world is falling apart on Twitter. No wonder you are walking through the season of life that you are walking through. You are wrestling with massive insecurity. You are experiencing crippling uh, anxiety and you are wondering why your friends are always having so much fun without you. you. You do all of this before your feet hit the floor. Like that's, that's nuts to me. It's like every morning you wake up and you think, yeah, I think I'll have a bowl of cornflakes, a banana and an existential crisis before I go to work. Like, like, come on, like that is not the way you wanna start your day. And so I wanna ask you today, I wanna ask you what I asked this guy. I said, what are you rooted in? What do you start your identity in? Who are you? The very fiber of your being, because you root yourself in something. So who are you? And so today's passage is, is from Jeremiah 17. And so I want to kind of touch base on that again. Let's, let's go back and review verses five and six for a moment. Uh, it says, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt Land. These verses are saying, cursed is the person, cursed is the person who lives a life outside of God. Cursed is the person who isn't rooted in God. Why? Because you are like a plant in the desert. That's what you're like. You are like a plant in the, desperate, in the desert and you are desperate for water. You are desperate for life. You are desperate for sustenance. You are desperate for purpose. You are desperate for meaning. And so you are just trying your hardest to just get by because you have placed your roots in things that don't matter, in things that are temporal, in things that aren't of God. That's what we do, right? We place our roots in things that don't matter. And when you place your root... When you place your roots in anything but God, you do develop roots, but they are weak roots. They are weak roots. I mean, so what? So what if you are single? So what if you're single? Stop defining yourself by your relationship status. What if God has you in this season right now and he's wanting to show you something and he's wanting to teach you something and he is wanting to give you something that you can only receive in this season of life before you project it onto someone else. Singleness is not a disease. Singleness can be a gift if you choose to let God teach you and grow you through it. But you can only do that if your roots are completely rooted in God. Do not root yourself 
in your relationship status. Do not root yourself in flimsy friendships. Do not root yourself in getting ahead. Do not root yourself in a job. Don't, don't even root yourself in your kids because, because you were made to root yourself in things of substance, in things of God. Your roots matter. And if you have rooted yourself in things that aren't of God and anything but God, if you have rooted yourself in anything but God, when the seasons do change, your roots will not be strong enough to help you withstand those changes. Your roots matter, develop strong roots. What you root yourself in matters because you are only as healthy as your soil. Stick with me for a moment. You are only as healthy as the soil around you. Strong roots require healthy soil. Think of the soil in your life, the influence of people in your life. Think of the people who are closest to you and they influence you. That's your soil. What you surround yourself with, with day in and day out, that's your soil. And so I gotta ask you, do you have bad friends? Do you have toxic friendships, toxic relationships? Uproot those. Uproot those things. Do you have bad eating habits? Uproot that. You gotta change it up a bit. Do you have poor financial discipline? Come on, you have to change things. You gotta uproot that. You gotta do things differently. You gotta change your soil. You gotta change the things that are influencing you into making these decisions. And, and all of this kind of came to a head this past summer for me and my family. Uh, listen, we are uh, born and raised in Kentucky. It's a landlocked state, it's beautiful, it's great. But listen, we, we, we went to Lake Michigan for the first time this summer, uh, just, just before our little girl was born, we thought we need one last little vacation with our boys. And, and listen, Lake Michigan did not disappoint. Praise God for Lake Michigan. Oh my goodness, it's just beautiful. Uh, but my question is, do you really experience the fullness of the beach if no one gets buried in the sand. Like that's just kind of a, a cliche part of visiting a beach for the first time. My boys had never been to one. And so we had to do it. It's kind of like your quiet time with God. It's like if you don't Instagram it and you don't highlight stuff, you're, you're never gonna read again. If you don't Instagram it, did you really have a quiet time with God? I, I say that because, forget it. I digress. We're, we are at the beach. We are at the beach. And so I volunteer to get buried by my boys. And, and I think we're gonna have the best time. And so I'm kind of fixated on this moment and having this perfect photo that we can one day look back on and laugh on and, and, and just think like that was our first time at the beach, like how much fun was that? And I was so fixated on this moment that I didn't even realize the tragedy that was about to occur in my family. So, so we are digging and digging and digging. My wife is like seven or eight months pregnant at this point. And, and she's so wise. She, she's so brilliant. She's like, something doesn't seem right here, but I'm just so fixated on having this moment with my family. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Keep digging, 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 digging. And then the hole is, is you know, kind of big enough for me. So I hop in and then I have the boys and my wife like cover me back up, cover me back up with the sand. And actually, here's a, here's a photo of it. Here, here's a photo of, of what that looked like. Um, listen, it was, it's a great picture. It is a wonderful memory. But actually, what followed seconds after this photo was taken is, is really what is so memorable about this trip. Seconds after the photo was taken, after my wife takes this picture, I notice a little sign, and I will never forget this. There's a little white sign, red letters, three simple words. The sign 
The sign said, pet friendly beach. And you have no idea how, how awful that feeling was. That was terrible. That was terrible. I had pea sand up to my chin. So I hulked out of that sand. You have never seen a white boy run so fast to get to that water. I was rolling in that water. I was swimming in that water. It was, it was nasty. I just smelled like pee. I could, and I smelled it, I think, for days after that. Because I thought the sand was, was fine. I thought the sand was good. But I was so fixated on having this moment. I was so fixated on getting what I wanted in this moment. I completely neglected the warning signs. I completely disregarded the smell that I was smelling while we are digging this hole. I disregard it all because I just want this one thing. And some of us, we do the same thing. We, we plant ourselves around people that we have no business being around, but we want to feel like we matter. We want to feel like we're worthwhile. And so we will settle for a relationship that does not honor God. We, we will surround ourselves. We will plant ourselves in things that are toxic for us. I was literally, I was literally in toxic sand. I would have died had I stayed in this sand too long. And, and, and some of us, listen to me, some of us do this with our relationships and we plant ourselves in sand and we plant ourselves in soil that will only cause our roots to be weak because our roots must be rooted in God. We, we have to recognize that God builds deep before he builds high. And your roots, they matter more than you think they do. You should take care of your roots and you take care of your roots. I think it's great that, that you, you are listening online. I think it's awesome that you are here in the room with me and, and that you are listening to God's word. I, I think that's, that's great. But you have to root yourself in serving in church. You have to root yourself in a life group. You have to root yourself in accountability. You need to root yourself in more things than just church attendance. No, you need to root yourself, your life in God because rooting yourself in bad soil, in toxic relationships, in bad friendships, rooting yourself in comparison will only make your roots weak. Are you with me? And so if you are rooted in purpose, you will not be distracted by comparison. If you're rooted in purpose, you won't be distracted by comparison because you know who you are. You have established your roots in God. You have established your life in who he says you are. You will not be distracted by the things of this world because you have a focus and you have a root system established in God. Listen, be careful because what distracts you will ultimately define you. Do not be distracted. Root yourself in things that matter because some of us, we are so distracted by what's going on out here and everything above the surface that we have no substance. But God builds deep before he builds high. God wants to grow your roots first. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. What I gather from this, I read this and I gather, it says strong roots take time. Strong roots take time. They don't happen by accident. They are purposed. 
They are created with intention. Strong roots take time. In Christianity, in the Bible, we learn that signs of healthy roots, the signs that we are growing with God, often are referred to as producing good fruit. We produce good fruit. Healthy roots in God means we should produce peace. We should be, we should be patient, we should be kind, we should be gentle, we should have self-control and so on. So here's where I'm going with this. We, Christians especially, we can idolize the fruit because we can brag about the fruit. You know, we, we can talk about how kind we are. We can say, oh yeah, we, we, we can post about, I anonymously paid for someone's groceries, even though I'm posting it. It's anonymous because I'm so kind. Look at me. Or, or, or we think like we can brag about our supernatural patience that we had with our spouse when they were just losing it. And yet we're like, oh no, God is good. God is, I, he's just growing me and it's great. It's wonderful. I'm so patient. Look at me. Or, or uh, another one is that, you know, oh, look, listen, I, I just, I have such great self-control. Listen, I saw someone who was a terrible parent. They just give their kids a screen, you know, and I didn't say anything to them about how they're zombifying their kid and how awful that kid is gonna be. And that kid is gonna grow up to be a sociopath. I didn't, I didn't say anything. Praise God, I didn't say anything. Like, like these are the things that we brag about, but, but you can't brag. You can't brag about your roots. You can't brag about those things because those things are humiliating. Those things, those things take time. Those things hurt. It's like, it's like when you get that bad report from the doctor. God is growing a deep root inside of you and he's trying to grow you. He's trying to show you something. Or those moments when, when just uncertainty is everywhere and, and you thought that your business adventure with your friend would work out and then you had a falling out. And you're not gonna post about that because God's trying to grow you. That's a root and he's trying to grow you. He's trying to establish you. He's trying to grow you out of that. And listen, you can't, you can't brag. You can't brag about a God, how God is growing you out of your porn addiction and how you have to confess to your wife every single day. That's not something that you're gonna brag about because that is what roots look like. Roots in those moments of your life when it's not pretty. Those roots in your life are those moments when God is growing you most. Roots aren't pretty, roots aren't sexy, but roots are necessary. Roots are more necessary than those fruits. Roots are more necessary than your fruits. You know, I almost titled... I almost titled this, this message, Roots Over Fruits, but I thought that was a little cheesy. I thought it, was, it rhymed, it was a little too much for me. But the principle is still true, roots over fruits, because strong roots take time. Strong roots do not happen by accident. Strong roots are grown in secret. They grow where no one else can see. Roots come from the same thing. You do it over and over and over and over. You're growing strong roots by doing the same thing over and over and over. And so every single morning, instead of cursing God that it's Monday, you're thanking him for the opportunity of that day. And that instead of just saying, I'm not hearing from God, you actually open your Bible and you read what he has to say because you can't complain that you never hear from God if your Bible is closed. And here, here's another one. This one is super popular among all of us. But to grow strong roots, we confess sin. Every day, we find someone that we trust and we allow God to grow us. We allow God to establish those strong roots in us. Every single day, you have to develop stronger roots because God builds deep before he builds high.
Strong roots take time. And listen, this means you may not have time for hobbies. This means you may not have time to always go to the lake, which is a Michigan thing. Uh, Just not this time of the year. Maybe it's more of a dream. Welcome to reality. But maybe you don't have time for hobbies like you used to because you're working on your own roots. Don't put your identity in your hobbies. I mean, I would not consider binging Netflix a hobby, but listen, so many of us do it, it almost is at this point. And and listen, my wife and I right now, we are actually marathoning a show. I mean, sure, why not? Because we're only attempting to balance a great marriage and raising awesome kids and friendships and a meaningful life group and and getting in the word and growing with God personally and then responding to every single text message that you all send me and then every single email that you all send me And then every single text and email that transcend from those original texts and emails, I got to respond to all of those. Oh, and I left out Facebook Messenger. And then, and then we, we also have to grow at work. And then also I'm in school, I'm in seminary, I'm trying to grow. So naturally, of course, my wife and I definitely have time to marathon something on Netflix. It's it's ridiculous, isn't it? But, but this week I'm meeting with a friend of mine. And he and I sat down and the the purpose of us meeting, the purpose of us getting together was so that we could kind of alleviate a little bit of stress from each other, kind of dump on each other, just just get out a little bit of the craziness that is in here because uh, I just need someone to dump on because you all dump a lot on us pastors. So I got to get the crazy out before I go crazy. And so it's my turn to dump onto this guy. And so he says, man, tell me, how are you? And I just said, I'm tired. If I'm being honest, I am tired. And, And really I... I do despise it when people say I'm tired when you ask them how they're doing, but you know, hey, I committed, I committed this sin, so I did it. And I said, I'm tired. And he, he interjected and he said, well, man, that's, that's really admirable though. Think about it. You're preaching this weekend. You're a great husband. You're, you're a wonderful dad and you're in school. And I'm just like, keep them coming, man. Yeah, I am these things. This is awesome. Thank you. Uh, but I'm not sure if God spoke to me or if I had some epiphany or I just became aware of this, but hearing him say that's admirable because because the night before I was up late doing schoolwork. Yes, I was up late past two in the morning doing schoolwork and it was hard. But I thought about it and I thought, what was I doing hours earlier, like at nine o'clock after my boys went to bed? Oh, I was allowing Netflix to make my decisions for me. I mean, think about it. Like, like it was like around nine o'clock and my wife and I, we're, we're trying to get through the show. You may have heard of it called X-Files. We were both too young when it came out. So now we're watching it. And, and listen, we got to see what Mulder and Scully are up to, chasing all these aliens and all these crazy things. And so we're kind of into it. And so nine o'clock starts and there's a 44 minute episode. I got schoolwork, but I can, I can wait. It's fine. And then... Like you know, like you know Netflix operates, you only have 15 seconds between that episode ending and the next episode starting. And so I only have 15 seconds to make a decision, a good decision for my sanity, for my roots, for my marriage. And what did I do? I failed and Netflix started and we just said, yep, sure, another 45 minutes, totally fine. It's it's fine. But listen, listen. That episode ended like with anything, it was to be continued. And we were like, yeah, we're going to continue right now. There were three episodes back to back to back whenever I had schoolwork to do. There's nothing admirable about me staying up past two in the morning to get schoolwork done when I did that hours earlier. That's not admirable. That's called stupid. Don't be stupid. Don't make bad decisions like that. Because those 
don't develop strong roots. That's not what we were purposed to do. I'm sitting next to my wife, the love of my life, but it's like our hearts are miles apart from each other. I should be cultivating that root system, growing that marriage bond stronger. And yet I'm just mindlessly lost in something that doesn't even matter. Strong roots take time. Strong roots come from routine. Strong roots don't typically have time for hobbies. But listen, this is what's important. Let's, let's, let's go back to verse seven. This is, this is why it's so important. It said, blessed is the person who is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes. When heat comes. For its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought. For it does not cease to bear fruit. This passage is saying it is not a matter of if, but when. Not if the heat comes, not if you walk through drought. When the heat comes and when you walk through seasons of drought, when this happens, the tree is strong and it is not anxious because it has strong roots in the things that matter. It has strong roots in things of substance because God develops deep roots in us. God builds deep before he builds high. And so strong roots have healthy soil and strong roots take time and strong roots are resilient. Notice the tree in this passage, it is planted by a stream and it shoots its roots out toward the water because it knows the source of life for it. And for us today, for you today, the source for your joy, the source of your life, the source for the things that matter is Jesus. It is Jesus, it is found only in Jesus. And so when you walk through those seasons of drought, what is your source? When you walk through the seasons of heat, what is your source? When you walk through those seasons of despair and darkness, what is your source? What are your roots running to? What are they growing out to? Because listen, sometimes we say, you know, I'm just dealing with a lot of crap right now. And listen, I, I get it. I have days like that. I'm dealing with a lot of crap right now. Life is really hard right now. I get it. But as we talk about trees and as we talk about roots, think about that for a moment. Trees, roots, they like dirt, but what do they love? They love the crap. They thrive in it. And so maybe you are in a season where you are doubting God, you are questioning God, you are wrestling with God, and you're asking him, why this crap? Why this diagnosis? Why this pain? Why this divorce? Why this, God? Why that? Your roots thrive in seasons like that. That's why. Your roots need that if they are going to grow. You need seasons where it seems like nothing else is going right because God builds deep before he builds high. That's why. And here is the greatest proof of this. Greatest proof of this is Chinese bamboo. Chinese bamboo is, is incredible because when it's planted, nothing surfaces, nothing sprouts for four years. Think about this for a moment. The farmer just goes out there day after day, 
over and over and over and over. He just waters nothing, what looks like nothing. He just waters it over and over and over. He cultivates it over and over and over. And if he misses a day, it will die. But he does it every day, over and over and over and over, time and time and time again. He just does it over and over and over and over. And so imagine, imagine this in your own life. If you just keep grinding at that over and over and over and over, nothing's gonna sprout right now, but you stay committed to that job. Nothing's, nothing's gonna sprout right away, but you stay committed to him. Nothing's gonna sprout right now. A breakthrough won't happen right now, but you are all in with her. Stick with it, stick it out. Keep grinding for that promotion. You keep plugging away at that crappy marriage. Yeah, your house may be a mess, but you are raising some great, Kids, keep watering those roots. Strengthen your heart. Devote yourself to God day in and day out over and over and over and over and over because something's gonna break through. And so for four years, for four years, Chinese bamboo does not surface. It stays underground. It's waiting for its moment. It's waiting for its time to come. And then year five hits, year five comes. And you know what happens? It doesn't just grow. It doesn't just grow a lot. In six weeks, Chinese bamboo grows like 80 feet high. Isn't that amazing? Because it waited for that moment. It knew it was there all along. And that farmer just kept plugging away and plugging away and plugging away. There is nothing growing, appears to be, for four straight years. And maybe you are in here today and you are thinking, I have wasted the last four years of my life. I've wasted the last four years with this addiction. I have wasted the last four years because we're trying to have a baby. I have wasted, I have tried and nothing is surfacing. It's been years and years and years, but I am telling you right now, God is gonna give you something. He's gonna break through because he's developing deep roots right now, but something is gonna come of it. I promise you that. I promise you that because God builds deep and then he builds high and then he builds high, but you have to develop those strong roots first. And listen, bamboo is impressive because it grows so high so quick and, and all of that. But, but there's truth to the saying that bamboo is stronger than steel. There's truth to that actually, it is, it's crazy. Bamboo's strength stems in part from its unique ability to bend without breaking. It provides flexibility without sacrificing endurance. And that is how your faith works, is that whenever you're dealing with whatever you're dealing with, your faith will bend, but it will not break. And this is true of the uh, Apostle Paul. He wrote most of your New Testament that's in your hand. He wrote most of this. And in this short passage, as I wrap up, he wrote from a prison cell. So get this. The apostle Paul writes in, in Philippians 4. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul is saying, I know you want to get anxious. I know you want to be anxious, but I'm literally in prison. I've been beaten. I've been flogged. Don't, don't give in. Don't give in to that. 
Don't be anxious about breaking when you have the endurance to bend. Your faith is more flexible than you believe. Your faith is stronger than you think it is, but it's not because of anything that you have done, but it is because of who God is and he strengthens you. He developed those deep roots in you. He won't let you break. He won't let you down in every situation. Bend, but don't break just like bamboo. But listen, listen, Growing those strong roots, the key is in verse six. It says through prayer and petition, prayer and petition, prayer and petition. Pray in your trial and then trust God because no matter the outcome, you are growing deeper roots. You are growing deeper roots in your financial woes. You are growing deeper roots in the loss of that loved one. You are growing deeper roots in that falling out with that person. You're growing deeper roots in this season. So water them. God is your source. Jesus is your source. You are going through a season that you can't wait to get through, but here is your hope. Listen, listen, here is your hope. The Hebrew word for seasons is actually moed, moed. If we literally translate this into English, it means appointed times. Your season of struggle, your season of setback, it was appointed by God. It is purposed by God. Your season of doubt and disappointment, it is purposed by God. It is appointed by God. He appointed this time for you because God wants to build something deep. He wants to build something in your heart. He wants to build something tough and it takes toughness. It takes fertilizer. Your season was appointed because God builds deep before he builds high. Sometimes there's a lot of crap in that soil, but your heart is going to grow. You are going to grow with God like never before because he is building something deep within you. And so we need to come to God, not with our list, not with our to-do list, not with what we want him to do, but to just say, God, what now? Grow these roots in me. What now? What now, God? What's next? Because God builds deep before he builds high.